Welcome to Extra Musical, the podcast where we delve into the lives, thoughts, creative process, and hobbies of musicians and other creative artists. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit www.hiddencinemarecords.com slash podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast and everything else going on at HCR, become a patron at www.patreon.com slash hiddencinemarecords. Today, we're joined by Feral Cat. He's an artist, composer, and producer based in Pittsburgh who performs in a paradigm shift away from which exists today for saxophone. He has two different projects, his band, Feral Cat in the Wild, which is like a prog rock emo fusion band, and his producer name, which is just Feral Cat, where he creates and lends his saxophone melodies slash harmonies to a lo-fi synth sound that's inspired by video game music. Let's get to the interview. Uh, hey, Extra Musical listeners, you just heard a little bit about Feral Cat, a.k.a. Roger Romero. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Feral Cat. Hey, what's going on? Uh, so before we do anything, where'd you get that name? Um, came from me feeling a little bit different from the sort of like core musical community that I was actively a part of. Um, the Yeah, the feral side of it. Cat, because... Um, I still heard people call each other that as jazz musicians to this day from when I started. I was like, how has that never left? Like, I don't know. <laughs> They'd be like, yeah, these cats were blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. did I just get transported to a 1930s speakeasy? This is crazy. Yeah. So, some piece of me always had a vibe with that. I'm like, that's like that's the little tiny chunkity of history I'll keep. You know. uh, so for our, our listeners who don't know uh, you, who are you? Like, what do you do? Where are you based? How did you get your start and what you do? I know that's a lot of questions at once, but it's like a monologue after this. Um, well, I am notoriously ta- bad at talking about myself, so <laughs> we're going to start off. This is going to be great. <laughs> um, my name is Cheryl Cat. I'm a musician, producer, composer out of Pittsburgh. And I have been making music for ages, but I guess professionally, I, I did a lot of hired gun work starting around 2018. And now I am, or lately I've been working a lot more in original music. Um, so I have a solo project, F3RALCAT, that's Feral Cat. And that's very much just like lo-fi production instrumentals it's kind of the kind of stuff that i use as functional music to like mm-hmm. study, to work to just kind of concentrate on something it's my get into a whole music and i was like you know what i want to kind of make stuff like that too and then i have something that i consider the brutal opposite of that which is <laughs> in the wild and it's a band uh i consider as somewhere on the precipice of like prog rock and kind of like jazz fusion. Um, but the label of jazz has been feeling very constrictive and kind of makes me argumentative and, <laughs> and also very like word is pretentious, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I can't remember who I was. I think I was doing an interview and someone was like, do you even call it jazz? Like it's, a, this is a jazz orchestra. It was before an album I did last year. And they're like, like, would you call this jazz sometimes? And I was like, I don't know, man. It's like the instrumentation of a jazz orchestra. So I call it jazz orchestra. Like what? They're just made up. Like it's like, it's whatever you identify with. Right. Like, like it's want it to identify as. Like just everything's made up in real life. Time is made up. Borders are made up. Genres are made up. And we like just put them into boxes so we can like file a little bit easier. But at the same time, like if I say that that's Blue Mountain and you say that that's Gray Mountain and both things are true, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I, I think I have no issue with folks feeling and identifying with the music of jazz and jazz orchestras. I just personally didn't want to. And yeah. I was like, okay, this is, I just feel this other track that has a lot of the stuff that I learned from jazz in it. But, I don't know, instrumentation wise, the kind of intention of the music, like, I just, I, I want it to be, I feel actively different. Um, it, I mean, it does feel different, especially if you like, 
go under a tab called Jazz on Spotify or Apple Music and just click on random records, right? I'm not going to really hear anything similar to The Wild. Like, I would hear more something, like, if I went to the alternative tab and, like, clicked on more stuff like that, that's what I would hear because, like, it reminds me more so of, like, that. You said prog rock and and, and fusion. Yeah, even mixed with, like, 2000s alternative. Yeah, I mean, a lot of 2000s alternative especially is in there. Um, <clears throat> alternative already being like kind of a wider so general, yeah. yeah. But it's yeah, still it feels at least to me like I'm closer to that, but instrumental still, you know. Yeah, uh, just with some like intense improv with improvisation in there. Yeah, also yeah. with improvisation, but also like a lot generally through composed. I mean, just as your music is has intentional moments of improvisation, you know. Yeah. So like when you you when you made that decision to like make it to make music that's more so in the veins of like uh the whether it's your solo project with like electronic stuff or whether it's your ensemble project with the more prog rocky stuff like what what does your creative process look like when you're when you're writing that music when you're by yourself versus when you're like rehearsing with your band is it like more collaborative like um, I really like bringing kind of like 75% completed works to band. Yeah. Like it's, or the percentage is arbitrary, but it's like a mostly done thing <clears throat> where I'm going to hear you also attempt some. So all with this band in particular, I mapped out most of the music and logic through just MIDI instruments so I would have a drum set, bass. Every person in the band would effectively get kind of like a, their own MIDI slot. And I was just using sample sounds or like instrument libraries. And I didn't have anything specific at the time when I started. And I used a lot of just stock sounds to make mm-hmm. the actual. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like scoring, but using a piano roll instead. I felt like I it would play out differently. And I knew that the people I was playing with wouldn't necessarily be reading music. Like tablature might be a little bit more helpful or um, just having these sounds there so that they yeah. by ear. Um, so yeah, I would write like that and then give each member kind of basically their part. And then as we come together, there's pieces of it that, our arrangement that are fully just collaborative things that happen on the spot because I bring it to this and they're like, what if this happened instead? Like, <laughs> like and I'm like, yeah, I, I almost always take ideas. Like, <clears throat> like almost like I would say like 90% of the time I'm like, that actually sounds dope. Let's do it. Try it out. Works. I, I always think it's interesting uh, the one of the guitarists I work with a whole bunch, whenever he asks about an idea, he's always very like apprehensive, not, but like he, I feel like it's like out of a respect thing for the music. Cause there's some people apparently that if you're like, Hey, what about the wall? I, I mean, I also get it when people are like, no, that's the thing that I wrote that like, especially when it's like this big concrete thing. Yeah. If it's a big yeah. concrete thing, then I'll be like, Hey, that's Fort Zondo's there for a reason. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, it feels different. In this, I was like, I don't necessarily have a complete picture because I know everyone here also brings something to the table. Yeah. And I'd like to leave room for that. You know? It's really interesting, the, the end products that come out, out of that, where it come, there's sections or, or even like the melody that you, that you wrote feels different once it's brought to life and then like edited a little bit by someone else. You're like, oh, hey, wait, that's different. I like that. It's like, yeah, it's different. I like that. Um, it'll often mean I'll change a melody. Like I'm gonna go back and be like, well, now that I hear that, yeah, with more space here makes sense rather than like a long drawn out note and like things like that will pop into the song. And yeah, it ends up being more like collab rewrite. Like I come in with a full first draft and then like the second draft is very much the band group did something together. I mean that sounds like a fun way of of putting tunes together. I, I mean, like I've never been in a in a rock band before, but I just feel like that that's more so how those types of things work instead of like 
I played a lot in the quote jazz idiom and someone brings in a lead sheet and it's the tune and like you play the tune in that style. And then maybe there are some things in, or there's a full arrangement, but like, I've never been in a thing where you're like, people are even writing together. That's that. I know that's not the same thing as what you just said, but like those types of like collaborative experiences seem very, very interesting. I was before I, I was in this band and created this, um, <clears throat> I was in a very much more collaborative, like full band kind of cycle thing. Was that East End Mile? That was East End Mile. Yeah. That was very fully, like, that was, everyone put something into every song. Like, the songs came out organically. And sometimes it showed. Sometimes I'm like, this is a silly song. (laughs) (laughs) And that's fine. Like, there was kind of like an honesty to that that is... You know, it's it's sought after. And I don't know. I, I also appreciate plenty when, especially if I'm just showing up and it's like, here are your instructions. I'm like, sick. I didn't feel like I <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, like to not be the, the leader and to make all the decisions sounds wonderful. Where I live, I don't get a lot of that opportunity. Um, one of the trios that I play in, I and the front person, but I'm not the leader. And it's great when I show up and he's like, here's the set list. I'm like, Oh, I didn't have to, I didn't have to think about any of this. I just got here. Yeah. Like the, that is a keen benefit of horn player. Sometimes, you know, like doing the work of it is just like, I show up, uh, you tell me what to do. And I listen a lot, but I do what happened. Or I do what happened. I do it. <laughs> like and it's great but i love being a leader too i I don't know i think i think pieces of both like to exist in my heart but a lot of the time i I like doing solo gigs these days because the coordinating part of being a band leader sucks <laughs> it's terrible any person you that leads any band whether it's a duo up yeah. to like a symphony orchestra will tell you that coordinating at someone else's schedule sucks it really does um <laughs> i appreciate when folks are just like honest about when they have time and when they don't setting those kind of boundaries is actually really nice because then i have like okay i don't need to talk, think about that day for anything that related. So I have that time for someone else and it's actually just helpful for everyone to be scheduled, but not everyone is like that. And I don't expect everyone to be like that. I just also understand that it's easier if I am just scheduling myself. It, it's a lot easier to schedule gestures. Like I can, I can, these interviews, these podcast interviews, I can bang, 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 knock out a whole schedule of them uh, after like a couple of emails Versus like emailing venues, then emailing uh, a band. It's like, what do you do? You tell the band to knock out all these dates first, or then <laughs> do you email the venues first and get the venues and then put together the band? It's uh, it's it's a, it's a time. So much, I hate it. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, next time on Band Leader Woes. Uh, so, um, like, what is your what is your biggest challenge with staying like creative and productive with all that you do? I mean, like, I, in my mind, you're a full time musician, right? Um, so I'm largely, or I spend a lot of time as a teaching artist. I work at oh, the cool. YMCA in, in Pittsburgh as a teaching artist with the Lighthouse Arts Program. So we do, I, so I, I work in programming and I also work in the recording studio. So I'm there pretty often and that's time in there, but that's also all music technically. That's more on the tech side, but still. And then, yeah, some gigs and some teaching, private students. But So, like, how do you stay productive around or, like, creative around all that? Not necessarily productive, but, like, do you, like, schedule out time to stay creative? Or is it, like, more like, whatever, I have time, go at it. Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Like, I don't... I'm out. I'm I'm out of the creative zone right now. Yeah, I... So, I was literally debating yesterday whether or not I should go buy a ps5 because because of uh, 16 it's like the, it's the first time that you can like go friggin' get it mm-hmm. without it being like nope sorry we ran out in two minutes uh and i'm still debating it 
yet. I've been considering it, but I'm like, do I really want to drop $600 right now? Exactly. I'm actually going to like this game. Let me like, I, I probably will. And then everything looks and sounds gorgeous. Well, I don't, I didn't hear the game that you, oh, you said Final Fantasy? Yeah, Final Fantasy VI. Oh, okay. There's, yeah, there's a bundle for that one. Yeah. I want I want to get the Spider-Man game because. Oh, wait, the new Spider-Man. The new Spider-Man's coming out in October, but uh, Spider-Man and then the, the the middle game, Spider-Man Miles Morales, was just like not a full game. Yeah. I, oh, my gosh. It's it's not a full game. Like, I have only Miles Morales. I never actually played the full, like, the first Spider-Man remastered. Oh, why not? It's so long. <laughs> I'm about to buy it, I guess. But It's when, great. Time it comes on sale, but. Oh, wait, you didn't get the one with Miles Morales that had Spider-Man with it? No, I just oh, got Miles Morales. That one was the one that I was about to get. I literally had them in my cart yesterday. Like, I'm about to buy me a PS5. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, it's about to be summer. Like, I, this is where I'm supposed to uh, write and play. Like, I can't. Yeah. I, I'm of the same mind. But, you know, I'm actually, I'm having trouble staying creative right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also nice to hear someone say that because, like, sometimes I feel like people think that people are just on all the time. And it's like, nah, man, we go through our our spells or our seasons where we're like, we're just focusing on other stuff or just focusing on not having to focus on stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to build stuff as Link, you know? Yeah, I want- exactly. I just want to spend some time being a big god-like <laughs> creature. <laughs> like, on, on the fields of Hyrule, you know, this is what I want to spend my time on. I've not played it, but I've seen clips of what people build, and I'm like, this seems ridiculous. Like, and it, I haven't gotten ridiculous with it, which is why I want to spend more time in this game. <laughs> well, then, I mean, like after this, I feel like that should be the rest of your night if you're not doing anything. That's not what I'm gonna do. For <laughs> That's... He's like, no, I got to do other stuff. <laughs> I, I. I feel like I put in my dues in this game. It's so strange. It's like, I'm like, I know this is one of the best games of all time and I want to give it its reverie, you know? So I played it for two weeks straight and put in a hundred hours and I'm like, I can put it down for a bit. I had (laughs) to do literally anything else. (laughs) I do not like when games tell you how much time you've spent on them. You're just like, I don't, I don't want to know. Like, especially when you've only had it for a bit. (laughs) <laughs> it's it makes you feel bad i know how much of an addict i am <laughs> you I just know. like wake up out of a fever dream and you're like how many that was like 10 minutes right it was like that was seven hours it's two in the morning but at this point even i'm just like i want i want this music to be a part of what inspires me to make stuff and i'm like most of the time it's a stark reminder of how much work goes into this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> how much time and dedication? Oh, sorry. Gotta drink a little bit of water. Do 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 water break. Do 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 bit of water break. Thank you. That was our <laughs> water break song brought to you by Dasani Water. Dasani Water. We taste <laughs> like shit. It had to be Dasani. <laughs> the worst water there is. Um, so so- on stage, I'm like, can you just give me salt? <laughs> right, and, uh, we have Dasani. Is that okay? Actually, I'll just I'll just drink some spit and thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> if it's raining outside, I'll go open my mouth. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just I don't know why Dasani's so gross, but like put my hands, cup it around the Allegheny, and <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds so gross. I've literally never even been in the Allegheny River. I just like look at it. I'm like, no, nah, it's okay. Like, I've passed it several times. I used to ride my bike a bunch along just kind of like the North Shore. Mm-hmm. And I know this, I know this water. Sometimes there's brown streaks that go along and make it look like they're eels everywhere. It's I could literally throw up. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
besides like Tears of the Kingdom, uh, what outside of your outside of music excites you right now? Bro, I gave you my answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like Tears of the Kingdom. We already said it. That's all I've been focusing on. Else in life, this is just tears. No, um, it gives me excitement. I saw Paramore yesterday. Oh my god, that was so thrilling. It was crazy to see some of my like the, my teenage self was fulfilled. Yeah, but somewhere in between, self was fulfilled. My current self was fulfilled, and seeing Haley Williams' stage presence actually gave me so much hope for my own. I was yeah. like, you know what? You just feel real. And that's great. It's not this like, it's not gigantic. You know, like performance, Haley, gigantic. Speaking to the crowd, Haley, it's like, I don't know. It feels, oh. it feels very, it feels down to earth. It, it actually, Yeah, like even, personal. Yeah, It doesn't have to be. <gasps> yeah. It's not like, I am gigantic here and here and here and here. It's like, here I'm like, hey, <laughs> oops. <laughs> like, stuff, you know, having these little moments that where I'm like, that's the, that's my shit, actually. Yeah, Paramore was one of my bands in high school where I was just like, I really, really loved them. Them and Taking Back Sunday were yeah. like two of my big bands in high school where I was just like, I wish I could see them live, and I never did. So the fact that they're on tour right now for their new album, and I did not look up tickets because, like, I just forgot that I could do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Also, like, I don't know. When these tickets first came out, I found it to be a priority for myself. It's just at that time in my life, I was like, I really want to see Paramore because they're such a big part of the zeitgeist again. And, like, this kind of music's coming back in a big way, especially through TikTok. And I'm like, I want to be here with it. I want to be the old guy in the corner, like... I yeah. hope you weren't the only person like around our age. Because what are you like, 29, 28? 30, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, and I was not. I wasn't even close. Like, the spectrum of ages was grand. It was a grand 15 to 40. What was it, Stage AE? Yeah. Uh, no, it was PPG Arena. Oh, snap. Yeah. Oh, that must have been great. Yeah, it was massive. Oh, man. I mean, like, I can't, I can't even imagine seeing paramore live let alone in that huge arena and just be it and their encore which i walked out of because i like to beat traffic <laughs> i saw the, the <laughs> reel that rosie posted about that or was it you i can't remember like that. i was like you that's exactly what we were doing i didn't even recognize it as that i'm like yo let's, let's peace right now and then they're playing that song and i was like ah oh, that's the song so nice like, uh, but i was on a mission yeah i i would much rather beat traffic than i'm trying to remember there was something we did oh we my wife's that baseball game i was telling you about right before the the podcast um we did not leave before the fireworks and it took us maybe like 40 minutes to get a, a 10 minute drive home and i was just like this wasn't boom booms color color boom booms that wasn't worth it you know i'm trying to trying to sleep it's late for someone who is literally two years old and has never seen it yes oh yeah like if this is an experience for you let it be that experience but also like dang <laughs> like we don't have children so we didn't have any kids with us <laughs> like we had the we had her students with us so they were very excited uh and they were like around us and then i think my sister-in-law had her like stepchildren with us so we were like Ah, but I don't think they were excited either. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I do very few big concerts every year. Um, I try and keep it small and local, for the most part. Or like, I'll travel to see a specific thing. But yeah, but like Paramore was worth it. Paramore was. I wanna. I wanna go see that. So. <laughs> I actually looked so I when I saw that reel, I was like, did they already play in my area? And they did. They I I knew they did because people like kids talked about going to that concert like last it was, I think it was last week. So they were in the mid-Atlantic like last week. Um and I looked at the rest of the dates. I was like, is there any that we can just like drive to? Like and no, the answer is no. No. I, no. They're all sold out. <laughs> oh, they're all sold out? No, I don't know. I just, oh, the, there's just none that were like near. Some were like Oklahoma. I'm like, eh. uh, 
that's yeah. Yeah. yeah, I ain't got, I ain't got the money for that. <laughs> what's um, uh, in your in your artistic life? What's like one thing that you didn't expect? So when you were, I think in my mind, you went to Carnegie Mellon for yeah. for computer science, right? Um, materials engineering. It was, what the hell, bro? Yeah, what is that? It is. Um, my short but sweet summary is solid state chemistry, but. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. But it's usually about, like, how does this metal work with this metal? And if you heat stuff up together, like, what comes out of it and what kind of properties you get? And Oh, interesting. How, like, yeah, like how engines were built and how, like, just different. I don't know. I was focused at some point on, like, solar panels and, and semiconductors. I just wanted to learn this stuff, but forgot so much of it. I would argue all of it. At this like, I haven't learned any of this since I was 21 years old. Like, ah, yeah, yeah, almost know. a decade. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like when a kid brings back a uh, algebra homework, algebra two homework, and they're like, "Yeah, I need to something with these polynomials." I'm like, ah. I remember so little of that. <laughs> I can tell you what a uh, G flat major triad is. I don't love that. <laughs> I can confuse you with that and make you make you feel like I'm smart, but I don't got that. Yeah, symbols. <laughs> <laughs> so, like when you were when you were at Carnegie Mellon, and then you were like doing music with East End Mile, and then thinking about music war, and if you were like pipe dreaming about your artistic life, what's one thing that you like didn't expect now versus when you went into it? Um, I guess I didn't expect to find moments that okay basically i didn't expect to f- ever feel like i wasn't gonna like this mm. i mean like yeah i went into it with this dream and this big headedness of like this is your calling this is your passion this is your everything and so your work goes into this and it was too so much of my identity and I just didn't expect to, at any point in time, be like, uh, it, it, uh, you, there are doubts. Like, <laughs> right. they can be there, and yeah. you can still live this life. There are doubts. Um, and you push through those, and or you don't. And you just yeah. know that life is okay either way. Like, you're not going to die. Or hopefully, unless you, well... Unless you're attached to your saxophone physically... Like, yeah, there's the symbiotic relationship you're describing with a saxophone, and there's also like the kind of financial codependence, you know. Oh yeah, right. Like, hey, you uh, you do that skill real good. Uh, I need, and you need to make money. So, like, sometimes I feel like I'll I'm in danger of being in a cycle like that, and I'm trying to get the kind of skills where I'm like, I would like to have this as a job, and then. Sometimes have music as a job, mostly have music as the kind of job that pays me. <laughs> like, or like feel respected in, in the work that you're doing. And I don't know, I honestly think you're doing it in a very cool way. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, well, I mean, like, I feel like I feel the same way about other people and not about myself. I mean, like, my, my students all know that, like, I'm a choir teacher and like, I like my students, but like the way that I went about getting my job in the location that I get my job, it's like, I have a lot of frustrations about it, but at the same time, like I get to, I get to do music a whole yeah. bunch. It's just not necessarily the music that I would like to do. And when it's time to do the music that I would like to do, I feel like I've spent so much time on other music by that time. So it's like, it's this like six in one hand, half a dozen in the other, but like in both fields, in the teaching field and in the like performance composer field, there have been many doubts and like, where you're like, am I good at this? Can I, or not even good. Am I like, okay. Like, I don't know. Well, I, am I willing to continue to, this one's the big one for me. Am I willing to continue to grow? Like, yeah. Do I actually want to be, as good as I thought I wanted to be. Like, do you want to hit that plateau and hyperbolic time chamber yourself and just 
come out Super Saiyan 3. Like, you know, <laughs> like I, are you willing to get there? And if you are the whole time, great. If you have doubts, doesn't mean you're necessarily not willing to be there. And then also, I'm sometimes just sad. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, like, we're not happy all the time. And if yeah. it seems like we are, maybe we're masking. It's a, it's crazy. Maybe it's a facade because we don't want to be like, sometimes I'm sad about my art because, like, who wants to be? I've never met a single musician where, like, you get into a real conversation like, oh, no, yeah, I've been positive about it the whole time. Like, everyone, <laughs> even people like, I'm like, you're the guy. They're like, oh, yeah, I thought I should be, like, way better off, like, when I was younger, <laughs> I was like, oh, because you yeah. looked like you were killing it to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone can look like they're doing everything super cool. And, like, yeah, we sometimes it's facade. Sometimes you're genuinely so happy to be here. And, like, I envy that. So yeah. I am a person that's always like, this is everything I've needed and more. And, or like, just can always look at the better side of it because. I can see the better side and be like, yeah, but I don't identify with it. Like, I have I have a friend who is, what did he say? I think he was like, I'm perpetually positive. Not necessarily that was the phrase, but he's like, I'm always positive on on purpose. Like, I like try my best to be positive, and it's not to belittle situations or my feelings. It's just like I try and learn from every situation that I'm in, and that's a positive thing. And I'm just like, man, you know what? Good. I mean, good for you, man. But like. That's hard. Yeah, that's hard. Um, kudos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that for you. That looks good on you. <laughs> Man, it's good to be back in Cleveland. For over three decades, the Bop Stop has served as the home of jazz in Cleveland, featuring everyone from up-and-coming local talent to the legends of jazz. I'm Daniel Peck. Join Gabe Pollock and me weekly as we bring you an hour of live jazz directly from our stage on Live at the Bop Stop. But people around the country know how great a club this is. New episodes of Live at the Bop Stop are available every Monday at noon on your preferred podcast provider. I feel like the better, I, I feel better about things when I just acknowledge them for what they are. Yeah. Like trying to be explicitly positive about something just because I, 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 it's like a should statement, you know, like this is great. I should be feeling great about this performance. I should feel great about this, uh, this, you know, this mix or something. And then you don't. And just being okay with like, this is not making me feel what I was hoping it was going to make me feel. Yeah. If I need to put in more work, that's fine. I'll find time and energy when I have it. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I've lost a little bit of my hustle, my drive. And sometimes it appears again. And sometimes it's like, I have a 16 track record I'm trying to put out in November. And I don't have any inkling of 16 track records being what would be popular today. You know, <laughs> <laughs> not, not even a thought I'll have singles for it and, you know, teaser work and, and marketing behind it, whenever, whatever I can do. Um, but the idea is like, once I put this out, will I feel the kind of release that I need to make new works to do it again. Yeah. And, um, and that's a little bit up in the air, but at the same time I have ideas plenty. I just don't always have the motivation to finish them as I used to. And that's a lot of the things I would always tell students to push through and like basically not figure out how to take my own advice. But I don't know. I, I I will continue to write and create music for the rest of my life, I think. It's whether or not I'm doing it at the same pace I always started at. Yeah. Or I mean like I mean I feel like some people do go through what you said, like where there are there, there's those hustle months or years or just a period of time where it's like boom, 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 boom. And then not like because they take a they they take a break. 
Like, I feel like people don't understand that when they're outside of it, when you look at a, a band that you like or an artist that you like, and they had a record after record after record after record, and then there was just silence. And I'm like, where's the next record, is what the fans are like. Even when, it, like, like pop artists like Rihanna, where she hasn't released a, a record in five ever, it's like she wanted to do other things. Of, like, Empire, what? Right, right, right. <laughs> well, so I, my kids were doing a presentation on her the other day. Well, uh, one of my students uh, did a presentation on her. I guess, did Savage X Fenty only, like, friggin' start in 2018, I think is what they said? I'm like, that couldn't be right. They're like, yeah, that's what it, it was, like, 2018, and I need to look it up. But if she created a billion-dollar empire in five years, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go cry, because that's amazing. Oh, that's, like, Riri is, is Rockefeller. I'm literally gonna look it up right now, because I, I can't not. <laughs> yeah, that's... This is this is our makeup Wikipedia, <laughs> in the best way possible. They all dope. Like holy cannoli! Yeah. It was founded in 2018. All right, there had to have been other things <laughs> to lead to wealth, but also, yeah, I mean, like she she was already very wealthy. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, right. I mean, like if your if your favorite superstar is like, hey, I'm hot. I made this hot stuff for you, so you can feel hot, and I think everyone should feel hot. I mean, who's not gonna buy that? But at the same time, but it was a little different because Savage Fenty started doing like way more inclusive shit than almost every other brand. Yeah, really, right off the bat too. Yeah, yeah. I remember one time, I, the, one of their um, their uh, underwear ads came up on my phone. It was for dudes, and I saw a dude that looked like me modeling underwear, and I was like, "What is going on? This is the weirdest thing in the world. Like, it's great, but like, I had never seen this in my life. I'm like, this man is an underwear, like, uh, like lingerie underwear, and it's like he has a belly roll. Oh my gosh, uh, and it's cute." Like, yeah, right. Like he's working it, and I feel like I could work it too. Thanks, Rihanna. Exactly. <laughs> so, reason for the billion, you know? That's that's probably the reason. One of my kids accidentally put like she's worth one point five million. I'm like, no, no, or two point something something million. I was like, no, honey, that's that should be a B. She's a billionaire, and they were like, what? I'm like, yeah, Rihanna's a billionaire. She's she's got it. Yeah, she's balling. She's ball. She's Jim Jones balling. Uh, if I had a, like a soundboard, I would put balling right there. Kind of like <laughs> I, I didn't say it as exaggerated as I thought it in my head. You know, <laughs> but you think ball? That I was like, <laughs> I said balling, but I was like balling. <laughs> right. My, my my wife and our best friend, we say balling a whole bunch like that. But I don't think I don't know if she's. She, she doesn't listen to the podcast. I don't know if she's ever heard that song before. <laughs> I'm gonna we're gonna record a podcast later this week, uh, me and her, because uh, I thought thought it would be fun. And she's a musician too, so I'd be like, hey, like, how do you stay creative with teaching and blah blah blah? And I think I'm gonna reference that song like five times during it. Now, are you you're, you're about to pull some sneak shit? Am I yeah. like? Am I privy to this information? And yeah, well, I mean, I mean you're, you're privy to this information. I think this is going to be like released after. Oh. The, yeah. So, so now nice. for people who have listened to the back catalog, thank you, listeners. Uh, you know where that idea. Came from. Um, uh, I, I don't even know her. I, I'm a co-conspirator. You know? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. No, she wasn't at the. Um, so when you came to the Octet gig back last year, she wasn't there. A couple of our friends was there. Yeah, she was not on that portion of the tour with me. Yeah, it's hard to, like, schedule performances around, like, your four days off of teaching a year. I have my ways. I I got my ways. I I am more than curious about your ways. Not on a personal gain level. My mom is a school psychologist, and I'm always like, how do you figure out these ways to get out of – she's been in the field for, like, 30 years. Like, I don't know. She's got ways, but sometimes those ways ain't working. And oh, uh, I just I just schedule a doctor's appointment for the same day. It's like nothing even sneaky. I'm just like I have a doctor's appointment the same day, and I take the entire day off uh, for a sick day, and then I leave. I make my doctor's appointment for eight a.m. and then I pack all my stuff in my car and leave for my doctor's appointment. And it's really easy, just in case they have like because you can take a sick day. Oh my god, I feel like 
like by chance, my assistant principal would be like, hey, let's listen to one of Steven's podcasts. He has a podcast, but you can't take a full bay like, without any paperwork. Property, you know, you know, this part of it. This- <laughs> Yeah, I'm just gonna cut all this out. I'm probably not. I'm really lazy with like editing. <laughs> like, ah, keep it in. No one's who's gonna fire me. Uh, no one, because I didn't do anything illegal or against my contract. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, like you said earlier about following your own advice, I feel like that's as a as a teaching artist or a teacher in general, any time of education. Sometimes we say things that we know we need to hear to other students because we know we also need to hear them. And it's like saying them is helpful still. Yeah. Right. So saying them out loud to, to another student, especially like when I'm like, and you know, having a regimented practice routine or like at least blah, 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 blah. Or like, this is how we go through things that are difficult for us. I'm like, yeah, I need to do that with that thing I was talking about. Instead of just playing it over and over and being mad that I can't play it. Uh, uh, I play this. It's like, did you say it low? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I was just like, why can't I play like Joe Fromm today? Uh. Like, since when was I not as good as my like brain was thinking? Like, <laughs> uh, what's like a piece of advice that you would give? Um, and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I can do that too right now. Right now, immediately. Yeah, I'll pop this out right, and you don't, and then you're like, oh, I must suck. And like, it's so crazy that we like not self-sabotage ourselves, but like have that mental sabotage where we're like, do it. Oh, I can't do it. I must suck. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. Then try again. And if you don't try again, that's when you suck. That exactly. Right. Like if you, as soon as you stop, that's when it's like, that's when you failed. Like you're supposed to just keep trying at it. Like it can take uh, an hour. It can take weeks. It can take a year. I don't know. Sometimes it's a point of learning. Ah, not exactly what I needed to do right now. Yeah. I mean, like, what do they say about Thomas Edison? Uh, he, like, found thousands of ways how to not do a light bulb. But also, you know, he also did a whole bunch of stuff dirty to this Nikola Tesla. So, you know. Yeah. We don't talk about Edison here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a team Tesla. Not team to Oh, wait. I can't say that today. I feel like that seems like. Team, yeah, I'm team Nikola Tesla. <laughs> you can't be like an Elon Musk fanatic, right? Yeah, uh, this one dude. Uh, do you know who David Allen Greer is? The actor, yeah, by, yeah. by name and by on Twitter, name. his Twitter name is Leon Musk. <laughs> I just <laughs> don't know why that's hilarious, but it's hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's, it Leon. it's really good, yeah. I'm like, oh, I love Leon Musk, like, this is great every time he comes up because he's just trolling. The whole time. He's just funny. And I'm just like, just like Leon Musk wears flannels. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you remember when I, cause I know like when I scroll through my timeline, I know you, your or timeline through my feed. I know you're tweeting a lot. Do you remember when people were just like changing all their stuff to be Elon Musk? Yes. <laughs> oh, the only <sighs> thing he can't re- like, just, it's the only time I feel like there is N single power against the the super wealthy and it's reputation yeah <laughs> and like it doesn't even you get a whole mass of people that are like yeah we use your platform and we hate you right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can't you know tom never did nothing to nobody i remember those myspace days i don't I, remember anybody doing that to tom I don't. I, I don't remember that happening, Tom. He was just like, I, "Listeners, you can't see me." But you, I'm like, "Bro, come back." Yeah, I actually, I think he is on on Twitter as Tom from MySpace. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. That's yeah, yeah. I've had no like to follow this person. Uh, but back to that advice thing. Yeah. Um, if you were giving someone like a uh, an uh, like an 18 year old you a piece of advice on uh, like just living life as a creative entity. What is something that you would tell them? Strongly consider not going to college. Mm. But I can't necessarily be on the whole side of this. It's more so like, I don't know what it would have been like. And I don't like to look at this kind of woulda, shoulda that much. But like, um, what would it have looked like if in my 17-year-old self, there was the option of economic success without going to college. What, which is very much exists now, but like, it's more like what 
and I, I mean, I'm not against going to college or anything of that nature. It's like, if I specifically didn't go, yeah, what would it have looked like if I didn't do that and I did something else? And I'm grateful for my experiences in college, and I think I gained a lot of that. But 18-year-old self, I would have been like, question that bit of it because that affects your life quite a bit. Whether or not you do this or decide to do this, or maybe if I was going, I would have had a stronger resolve to come out of it with a job instead of like trying to do music and I and succeeding to doing music, but <clears throat> figuring out ways to live this life now. Uh, like I'm figuring, I'm still figuring ways to live this life now. This is like, what if there was a path where I had it more figured out? Yeah, I mean, it's already a hard question. For 18-year-olds in general, it's like, what do you want to do? And, like, you've only seen, for the most part, unless you're well-traveled, which always requires money, like, you only see what's around you. And until you, like, see more options, you don't know all the things you might want to do. And you see more options, you're like, oh, man, I wish I would have knew about that. Or, yeah. like, it's so like, it's like... I would have known. I don't know if I would have made a different decision. But it's more like, I wish I had known it was more than that as an option to 18 year old self but i feel like there's something less like you know on the on the depths of person like musically i've always like don't lose that emo self don't feel like that (laughs) go away that's that that kid is should be around for a while (laughs) that kid is your your strength that is your inner child even if it's seems sad and and lonely some pieces of that are actually fun for me you know yeah (laughs) i like i i feel like if it had to be with like with an 18 year old person where you're like that goes along the lines of like don't grow up too fast or don't throw don't like put on the facade of grown up or that like you're a different person or like you can still be that can still be part of you right like Exactly. It's, it's it's way more interesting to be this multifaceted person with all these experiences and growing through these different phases that still have that learned knowledge from uh, those phases rather than someone who's just like a completely brand new person when they step into a room. It's like, no, I mean, like I do X, Y, or Z, but I still have the experience of ABC that happened, you know? And all of those pieces are what make you up. So You're right. It's yeah. multitudes, but they don't need to be said as multitudes so much as like it's just experienced as them, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and the going back to the the whether or not college is an option, or whether or not like going to college immediately, it's just a kind of frustrating to see a lot of students who struggle um, as a teacher. It's it's hard to see them struggle through academics, and this has nothing to do with music, but like. To, to know or not to know to to see that like the options that they give them outside of high school might not always be the best options financially so it's like i wish that question of should i not go to college was one that didn't come with the weight of oh will i quote have a good life like that was so pressed upon our generation yeah. that like I, and i don't know if that's pressed for them um, as much but like it doesn't seem that way no i also like i have two younger siblings who actually did not finish college and not no one's on some crazy train of money but everyone's in the music world and everyone is making money so it's more so like <coughs> are these experiences enough to create the life that you would have had with the full college degree yeah yeah. No, so, I mean that's a that's an interesting thought. It's like there's a risk. There's just a a deeper risk, I guess, than than sinking a lot of money, but <coughs> it's, a, it's yeah, I feel like with each any of those decisions there's a different risk versus reward. Cuz yeah, with college you do sink a lot of money into this thing and if you don't want to do that thing or you want to do something slightly different, you have to change or or divert paths. It's like did I no, but like, yeah, there's the, the financial risk of that. There's the time risk of just life in general. Cause like, and the intangibles of the experience of college, yeah. you know, like there's a lot of that, that you can't just put into 
money and whatever else. Like there's yeah, there's things that are that have to do with the growth of a person that might only be experienced in college. And I don't know. Any I my whole thing about that is just like what if at that point in my life you were given the idea that there could be another choice. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I don't want anyone to question their whole life story. Like, <laughs> I'm not, well, I know I, I'm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. This. My my, though my my life has pretty much like been not a straight path. It's still a very curvy path that has yet to end. Hopefully, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, I don't want. I want to. I want to live a long life. Uh, but like, I still am in the vein of what I decided when I was seventeen. But what I would like to do is not anywhere close to what I thought I exactly wanted to do at 17. So what did you want to do versus what you wanted oh, to do? Oh, I wanted to be like a marching band director at 17. I mean, for me, for me, that was most of my musical experience, you know? Also, I mean, my youngest brother, Alan, is like was DCA for years and then like in understanding this world, like there's, there's a fervent love for it. Yeah. And I realized I didn't love it as much as other people, (laughs) especially from the director's point of view where like you're, you're there with a staff, like it's your job and you have to make all the decisions. And like, I learned that I don't care about the end result as much, but there are some people like, and I feel like that's for me, that's the, that's the, the cutoff. Whereas like we are all able to do the job, but like if I don't care about the end result at all, and I, I just don't feel like I should be the one doing it. Like I feel like someone who cares about I don't do and I don't teach marching band, thank God. But like I swear if I did, I would probably hate every Friday that like I have to go do a thing. Like nothing against my uh like football colleagues, but like it's just not what I want to do. Yeah. To generally, and that's okay. That's literally, it's just a boundary. It's just yeah. like, this is not what I would want. And I can tell, I can go for something else. But yeah, you were lucky enough to figure out another way that also works for you. Yeah. And it's like learning. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know that you don't want to do it until you do something on the way to it or similar to it. And you're like, oh, wait, I don't want to do that. And it goes to what you said earlier. My experiences have influenced me to get to a point where, like, Feral Cat in the Wild would exist. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like you today would exist without knowing all of the things that you don't want to do, that you have interest in, that like bring you these this this joy musically inside of music, that bring you this joy outside of music, or that you know does it. Like, maybe you like video games. But what if you were only into FIFA? You know. Like when you're find, find ways to get FIFA as yeah, FIFA would be. I don't know. Is that just soundtracks? I don't know. Should I don't even know about. I don't play FIFA at all. I, like I haven't played FIFA since like 2010. Yeah, I was like, I haven't played FIFA since I was at someone's house in probably like a middle school. Like Halo came out, and I just like all bets were off. Uh, just like, does it have the epic music? Yeah. Have epic music type beat, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a a clip. Have you ever seen the clip of the boys' bathroom and they're all singing the Halo theme song? <laughs> yeah, I think I have. <laughs> that clip as a choir teacher makes me so mad because in my mind I'm like, I know zero of those boys are in choir. Zero of those young children <laughs> are in choir, and that was beautiful. All right, you, you little pieces of poop. Just like you guys will never join my club, <laughs> right? I just need, it's like I need voices like that. I need I need a balanced choir, and you guys are still over here messing around in the boys' bathroom. Uh, I think if it were only messing around in the boys' bathroom, it would be different. But. Yeah, but they were they were putting on a full performance, mm-hmm. a harmonized performance. It was crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, the internet has done wonders for like.
tiktokify your work like Mm-mm, never i just like i for, I actually am really bad at creating like what they call content because i just forget to like when i'm on i'm on and i'm focused on the thing and i don't i don't remember to set up a camera or like to take pictures like i'll i'll go do these six performances this week uh, in, the, in the next week and i'll take like three photos the whole time and then i'm like oh wait i just got home from this thing me too <laughs> I'm just like, I, if it's important, I know I have to hire a photographer because I'm like, it's just not something I will think about. Like, exactly. Someone, that needs to be something I pay for. Like, right. I can't, I won't remember to do it and I won't get good shots. And yeah, I mean, like it's a whole, it's a whole thing that uh, I have a friend that I love to collaborate with for that. And she's the one I call and I can't like, why would I try and do it myself? Well, it's like, uh, it's so frustrating too because the big part of like marketing yourself as a musician, too, like today, and yeah. I don't know when I have these gigs where I am, it is just me. I'm like, oh, there were so many moments that I wish I would have captured. Totally forgot. Too bad. Well, I don't know. People just really liking behind the scenes work and um, just the personalities of what's happening. Yeah, I, that's the one thing that I wish I did do more of. Like, well, actually, I don't know. Like, I, I don't do it either. This is me again, kind of like through the looking glass. Yeah, just watching people. Like with the stuff that I would watch, or like, like, haha, that's funny, or oh, that's cool, or yeah, yeah that's nothing I could tolerate. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> right. Honestly, when it comes to content, at some point in time, I'm just like, oh, music content does not work for me. Oh, cat content works for me. Um, I'm like game content, some other, sometimes production content, but just like people playing, I'm like, no, actually, I don't want that. Yeah, cat Cat content. Really, cat content's your cat. I I really wish it wasn't that, uh, but uh, it's cat. Me and my wife send each other like so many cat videos, and I'm just like, what is what is going on with my life? I mean, yep, I I continue to enjoy memes. (laughs) They will, they will. There, you know, my oh, Captain, my Mimo Clapton. <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to say there. Uh, um, I had some conglomerate of words that came together way too quickly. I do that all the time, except it'll be like I'll put two words together that are similar uh, in not construction, but in meaning. So, like two synonyms, and I was trying to choose between two words, and I'm like, man, that was. Phantomful. Oh man, I was going for wonderful and fantastic, but but we got Phantomful. Yeah, so thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for that, guys. That was great. Let's go with this once a little word. Yeah, let's let's go do that musicabulary. Musicabulary. <laughs> yeah, let's go with our. Oh, I can't. I can't keep thinking of them on purpose. It's hard. <laughs> I'm so uh, I'm so glad I don't do improv. Or like, oh, I love my favorite thing about band leading is that I get to be stupid on a microphone for like two <laughs> seconds between songs. That's actually uh, one of my favorite things about it too. It's like on that microphone, I'm like, you know what? I don't care if you don't like it. I'm a comedian today. Yeah, right. It's like I'm, I'm, you laugh. I'm funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm practicing a stand-up set that I have never written down. Are yeah. you ready? <laughs> this has just been adjusted from night to night. And then we were playing this show in DC, and like the all the previous shows, I had been rapping the the, the band's intros, and the crowd awesome. was just like they were just like not not there. They were there, but they were just like, yes, thank you for the music. Clap, clap, clap. And like we goes to the band introductions, I was like, "All right, I'm just saying your names. I'm not. We're not doing it. Like they're not into it. I'm like I'm not. I'm not bombing on this set tonight. All right, not this way. Yeah, not this way. Well, I'll pick up my horn like, and bomb that way. Nah, but that's the bomb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> I don't know. I like feeling a little old school with my vernacular. The bomb. <laughs> I like using. Like I, I don't care what era, as long as it's dated. Like, <laughs> oh no, my my favorite thing is using this 
this generation's words, but just like really cheesy, correctly, but cheesy because they hate it. Um, oh like, my I'll be, give me more. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, yeah. So you were trying to riz her up, you said? Oh, wow. That was that was high key. That was that was great. You know, you know, you're and they're like, no, please stop. I'm like, what's what's wrong? I don't understand. I used that correctly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh and yeah. I think he high key. High key. <laughs> that was that was that was that was quite high key. And you were singing in a high key. <laughs> <laughs> you do a laugh that they're like, please, please let me leave this class. Groans and eye rolls. Nails on a chalkboard for us. Yeah, groans and eye rolls. If I can get them, probably prefer nails on a chalkboard. Actually, yeah, they probably <laughs> they would definitely prefer nails on a chalkboard. They're like, please play like the grossest white noise in my ear, like the high pitched, like static noise. <laughs> so for uh, to to wrap up, uh, are there any? Um, Anything is that you worked on that you want the listeners to know about? I know you said you have a project coming up in November. I'm kind of unsure when this episode is releasing. Anything on the back catalog you want your listeners to know about? Um, so solo wise, I came out with a collection this past. Uh, I want to say April, might have been May. I actually forgot at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I came out with a collection of my Waiting for Waifu records, which are lo-fi EPs. Um, so with the collection, it's about 20 songs and <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, he's looking at me laugh at the title. Cause I love that title <laughs> waiting for waifu. Oh gosh. I, I mean, there's a, there's a full soulfulness. Yeah, it's cheeky. It's <laughs> I'm glad you got it. Like, yeah. I, it's not even like a getting it thing. It's just like some Dude. folk would either look at that title and think there's, this guy is an otaku, just like weirdo. Like, <laughs> or this guy is really into like anime porn, or like you know, like there's so many options that are not like this completely innocent version of it. That yeah, right. That, that this actually is. That's what I'm like. This has nothing to do with that. But it's like, <laughs> I'm just like it's melancholy, but for like, yeah. So I have a collection of those. <laughs> that is out. You can find it on Bandcamp as well as the rest of the streaming platforms. So those are great. Um, put them on when you need to vibe out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you need to find yourself. You need to find your center. You need to find that inner that inner peace. I really want to describe it as if I were like a yogi. Mm. I can't, oh, I really want to, I'll, I'll get it at some point, but like I'll have like a skit that's like a yoga, like a yoga instructor, just so I can, I feel like I want it to be for yoga people, but I also can't do that with a straight face. And like, anyway. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like album instrumental albums are missing skits. Yeah. Like, you know, like also my favorite thing about rap albums is like some of the skits they have. I yeah, wish I could I do skits. I want I want some skits. Yeah. If you need a skit, let's do a skit. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying to think about what the what the next thing coming out with. The, oh my gosh, I know what it could be. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, I have it in my mind. I'll save it for after the recording. What's the I, other thing you were gonna say? And I'm here to say because <laughs> I how good it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And what was the other thing that you were going to say on the back catalog? It was the, okay, back catalog. Feral Cat and the Wild Side. Um, there will be music out in November. It'll be Disassembly. There is so much to talk about within that that I'd actually rather show you over the next coming months. So follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know. Barrel Cat yeah. Barrel Cat in the Wild. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for that because uh, what was the first album, 2018 or 2019? Uh, 2019, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, that was, I mean, but that was a fun album, especially all the videos that came out. You were just like, you guys were jamming. And I was just like, yeah. this is great. Like, this is a, <laughs> this is a vibe. I'm glad that this band came together. Yeah, thank you. 
yeah. Well, I, I, I just appreciate like this long, <laughs> this long, like kind of random conversation. Sometimes they really stay like on, like yeah. specifically jazz. They're like, yeah, yeah, and, it, and that's fine. I mean, like that, I like that too. I mean, and then sometimes there's there's a, a part of me that would do that, but also I don't know. I feel like at this point I'm like a poser. Just like, yeah, I'd listen to. I've I've been listening to Dizzy all my life. <laughs> You're like all all I've transcribed was Woody Shaw. You know, like I'm not a trumpet player, but that's all I transcribed. And uh, if you're not hip I to that cat, transcribed Kurt Rosenwinkel on saxophone. Yeah, right, 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 right. I go, <laughs> I pick up my guitar, I put it into tablature, I read it on my saxophone from the tablature, right? Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> that's the only way to do it, man. <laughs> I don't know any jazz musicians who who are like. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever seen that. Oh. No. It's like, ah, uh, yeah, but this lead sheet. Oh yeah, right. The the lead. I, sometimes I just like, I I don't like reading music, and like I I don't know how to say that as a person who writes a whole bunch of music for people to read. But like most of my songs, by the time I get to playing them, I'm just like playing them. You know what I mean? Like, who wants to read it? To a certain point, I'd for me personally, and we should just stop talking <laughs> we did a sign off forever ago yeah. <laughs> i was like and in this tangent here wait, wait a minute wait a minute okay thanks for coming on i'm gonna edit this <clears throat> thanks for coming on feral cat uh we'll uh link some of your stuff in the bio below uh and for everyone else listening at home stay safe and stay musical Thank you for listening to this episode of Extra Musical. Extra Musical is a Hidden Cinema Records production. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you get your podcasts and look out for future episodes. Bye for now.